0: Hello, and welcome back to Craft Your Life with Altenew. This is Jen Raza, and I'd like to introduce you to this month's guest, Zania Redu. Welcome, Zinnia. Thank you. I'm very glad to be here. Oh, I'm so happy to have you because it, you've been on our team for a while now. And, you know, with this podcast, we've been getting to know a lot of what happens behind the scenes at Altenew. And you've been a big part of that in a lot of ways. So I'm really excited for our listeners to get to know a little bit more about you and about what your role is at Altenew, as well as some of your crafty hobbies. So I'd like to get started with introducing where you live and a little bit about yourself. So if you could explain that, that would be lovely.
1: So I am from Greece and I've been living here basically my whole life. I switched around a couple of cities when I went to uni, but I'm basically in the second largest city of Greece, the Saloniki. And I wasn't as lucky to be living in Greece because crafting wasn't a huge thing, Mm -hmm. but Thankfully, the online community was big enough that I got involved with it through Instagram, Pinterest, and all these things. And I was able to like clone my way through this and find
0: some inspiration. That's awesome. Are there any crafting supply stores in Greece? Uh,
1: Nowadays, the the last few years, we have some online stores and a few kind of art stores that have like a crafty twist, Mm -hmm. but not so much like, um, let's say, stamp focus or scrapbooking. It's more like general crafts, a little bit of painting, a little bit of decoupage, that sort of thing.
0: Now, it's funny. I always think about food around the world and I love Greek cuisine. So I feel very jealous that you've got such amazing food in Greece. I'm curious, what is your favorite thing to eat from Greek food?
1: I'd say if I had to pick one thing, it's not really a food, but like feta cheese is something I can never live without. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Seriously. Uh, But also, like, I, of course, moussaka is like an amazing uh, dish.
0: It's awesome. I love it. We are lucky that I live in Boston. So we have a lot of different foods that are pretty easily accessible in different restaurants. So we have a few Greek restaurants that we love. And it's so amazing getting to eat that amazing food. I love it so much. So I'm curious, what is your role at Altenew?
1: All right. So I started off as a graphic designer, and I've been working as a graphic designer slash product photographer for a couple of years now but the past couple of months I transitioned to the product development team. And I'm basically helping uh, with product ideas, a little bit of market research, some packaging, and these kind of things.
0: So as I said before, you've been on the team for a while. So I feel like a lot of the Altenew customers would probably recognize your photography from the banners on our website or from a lot of the promotional materials that we have at Altenew. So you take gorgeous photos of our stamp sets and our inks and everything else. So whenever you see something that's beautifully laid out, like one of the flat lay photos or photos of the different products, that is... Zinnia's gorgeous photography. So it's really nice getting to see your work in so many different ways at Altenew.
1: Yeah, actually, when I first started, we didn't do Product photography slowly, like you know, in the first couple of months that I was working as a graphic designer, I started suggesting these ideas of putting like custom product photography in our banners. And thankfully, it was well received, and we are where we are right now.
0: Yeah, it's such an inviting way to look at the products. And I know that, at least for myself, who's kind of a messy crafter, that I look at that well organized array of products and it just looks so inviting to just come over and craft. Meanwhile, my desk looks like a tornado hit it and it doesn't ne- ne- ever look as beautiful as those photos you
1: know we should have like a photo shoot behind the scenes because it's basically like a 12 by 12 square that's pretty everything around it is a mess <laughs> every photo
0: well, I used to say that when I would do my Facebook lives, is that's a good thing that the camera crops out the majority of my desk because if only people could see what was going on outside of that frame, it'd be a mess. So, how did you get interested in the product development side of things at Altinel?
1: So, ever since I started working out of college, I studied fine uh, applied arts. I've always been more into the product designing aspect of things. I've done a couple of scrub collections and I also designed a couple of of stamp sets and stencils for all you and it always kind of attracted me more on you know designing the products rather than the marketing side uh-huh. although both sides have their their bonuses and the, the good stuff but i like the behind the scenes product preparation a little more so i kind of like i suggested it and thankfully there was an opening there uh-huh. <laughs> and uh now we're kind of like planning for our releases a little bit more thoughtfully, doing a little bit more research there, and hopefully will bring better and more innovative products to the customers.
0: So what type of crafting do you enjoy doing?
1: So I first started with scrapbooking. Then I did, I kind of like transitioned out of it because you can have only so many 12 by 12 scrapbook albums in your house. Like it kind of like I mean, although I really enjoy the process, I was scrapbooking more than I was doing anything else. So I didn't really have photos to scrapbook about. It felt kind of like it kind of lost its purpose. So then I got into a little bit of card making as well. Nowadays, I'm kind of like starting. I'm a very beginner level on a little bit of sewing and kind of like little things, like a tote bag, a little pouch or something. So, yeah, it's, it's been really exciting.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, you said you started with scrapbooking. About when was that? Have you been scrapbooking for a long time or was that a more recent hobby?
1: Um, I'm thinking maybe around 2014, 2015, around the time I got uh, more involved in crafting. I kind of discovered a couple of craft stores. I started ordering supplies Mm -hmm. and I started very like, I was a very frugal crafter at the beginning because I, I didn't have a big budget, nor a lot of access to all these amazing products that I was seeing online. But it's really exciting at the beginning when you try to make the best out of the least supplies you have at hand, you get really creative. Later on, when I had more, I found myself crafting less because I was getting lost within the products.
0: It's funny that you say you were very frugal when you started because I feel like a lot of people are like that in the beginning because you're beginning a new hobby and it's a new journey and you don't necessarily want to invest a lot into it until you know you love it so you start with a few supplies here or there and for me i definitely did a lot of cards with like two stamp sets you know i had a few colors of ink and i had card stock that was the one thing i had a lot of because i had cardstock from previous crafting adventures and you know i realized that you don't need to have a lot to get started However, that love grew very quickly, and my desire to start collecting more grew and grew, so my collection grew along with it, and it was just so much fun to see the collection grow, and my husband was like, you're growing out of your craft area, you need to to slow down. (laughs) But I feel like a lot of people can probably relate to that just starting with a few necessary supplies and making do with what you have. And you probably made some amazing projects just with a few simple supplies. Sometimes it is easy just to kind of take a step back and have a more minimal approach.
1: Right. And it's always really exciting. Even if later on when I had more, I was trying to limit myself to less product because that's when you push yourself a little bit more creatively and you like find more interesting ways to use these few supplies.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, when you transitioned into more of a card maker, did you do cards to just for yourself, or did you send them out to people?
1: So this and that, I guess. I basically, I really wanted like a creative hobby, so like making a card much smaller and you know, it wasn't like as big as a 12 by 12 and very bulky. And with the stamping, you know, it was more of a flat little piece. I did end up sending a bunch of them every now and then, Mm -hmm. but I guess most of the cards I've ever made are still in some box around here.
0: <laughs> now, when you do crafting, like paper crafting, do you think you'd have your graphic design sense coming into play for those designs? I think it especially affects
1: me in terms of color. I always try to be creative with the color choices I make, especially, I mean, when I do something with inks, right? When we use some um, paper supplies that are already colored themselves, of course, they kind of drive the, the color palette. But when I pick my own inks, I do try to kind of step out of the usual color palettes whenever possible. And I guess I always have a little bit of a design eye. I try to have a little bit of contrast, a little bit of an nice composition. Mm-hmm.
0: I was going to ask if you had any tips that come from the graphic design world that people can apply to their card making or crafting.
1: So I guess that's a difficult question. Um, because I don't necessarily think of these things when I craft, I guess they just kind of happen. But one thing I would say is less is more. We tend to overthink and over embellish everything. And not that it is bad, but I personally think that simplicity has its merits. Mm -hmm. So it's a good tip when, when you don't know if something looks good, try to kind of like step back a bit and remove a few elements. And another thing that always goes uh, for anything I make, white embossed sentiment on a black card. So it goes a long way. It fits on every card and it's a go-to.
0: I agree. I don't know the first time I saw someone do that. It it was definitely quite a while ago, but it was almost eye-opening because everybody thinks of sentiments being stamped in black and just having it be the opposite was just so fresh looking to me and, you know, it's something that even here we are years later, I still think it looks great. It does add a lot of contrast, especially for most people who create on a white card base or on a white scrapbook page, having that sentiment or that title in white on black, it definitely adds a lot. So that is a fantastic tip. Um So with your sewing, how did you get into that?
1: That is a good question. I don't even know how it happened. I guess, you know, just scrolling around the internet a little bit and I've always dreamed of having my well not always but the last couple of years at least I've dreamt of having my designs on a fabric collection. Mm-hmm. So I ended up just printing some custom fabric from a website uh Spoonflower. Yep. I was I just wanted to make something with my own design. So I printed some fabric, made made some face masks and a tote bag and i have a few more pieces hopefully i want to make like a a pencil pouch that sort of easy stuff so yeah
0: i feel like with the pandemic there's probably a lot of people who took up sewing in order to make their own face masks especially you know people who maybe had a sewing machine but never took the time to actually use it i know a lot of people get hand-me-down sewing machines from parents or grandparents or cousins or friends. And sometimes they just sit around and collect dust. So with the pandemic and so many places requiring masks, when you go outside, I think many people were thinking, ah, oh, that sewing machine. <laughs> now I, I have a project. That's true. I've got something I could make with that. And if people have listened to the last episode with Lilith, who's on our team, she also was getting into sewing recently. So she and I had a lovely conversation about sewing because it's something that I really enjoy. And when I'm not crafting by making cards or I'm not designing stamps for Altenew, I'm usually sewing. I hope that you end up enjoying that hobby as much as I do. I think I will. (laughs) That's great. You'll have to keep me updated on any projects that you create, especially with your fabric that you've designed.
1: We'll share some photos.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now, how did you end up on the Altenew team?
1: That is also another great question. So <laughs> looking back, it was kind of like a very funny coincidence. Uh, it was back in, I think it was maybe March 2018, around that time. And I was in a phase that I was trying to find more places to kind of design for. I So far, I was designing for a small scrapbook company and a friend that did some stamps. Mm-hmm. And I was just, you know scrolling around and making a list of my dream companies to work for. And I was like, I had a list of the companies that I'll probably contact later because I don't feel ready. Altenew was on the top of that list. (laughs) And I had, you know, some smaller companies that could be good as a starter contact. And my husband came around and he was like, why don't you just try, you know, just send an email to the companies that you would like to work for the most. It doesn't hurt. So I kind of like refreshed my CV and sent it over. And for some reason, I was lucky enough that during that time, the lead graphic designer, Karen, was about to be on maternity leave. And they told me that there is an opening in the graphic design team. So I kind of went for it and I applied and
0: I got accepted. And the rest is history. (laughs) And the rest is history. (laughs) Yeah, we really do value having your creative eye and all the things that you bring to our team in addition to your amazing photographs, but now also your product ideas. So I think it's been a really great fit. So I'm thankful to your husband that he kind of nudged you in our direction. <laughs>
1: I was like, you know, it doesn't hurt. So I was like, okay, fine.
0: I feel like sometimes significant others are really good for that. Like, I know that when I question or doubt myself, my husband's usually there to be like, you know, just go for it. What's the worst that could happen? You know, those words of encouragement. So many things that can
1: go wrong. But then, you know, for us, we send the application, you know, I would feel very sad if I'm rejected. But for a third person that sees it, like, you know, from afar, it's like, it's not a big deal, you know, like, doesn't hurt. I didn't have it Mm -hmm. to lose it.
0: Mm -hmm, Exactly. So I think it's nice that even for people who are just thinking about maybe putting themselves out there, starting an Instagram page or starting a blog or sharing their creativity with others. It's definitely just worth going for it.
1: You never know when the right timing is and you will never know until mm-hmm. you give it a go.
0: Exactly. I mean, if
1: I waited another year, that would be probably not perfect. Maybe, you know, maybe you No, I be think by
0: looking we would have already that filled head. that spot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So do you have any other crafty hobbies in addition to paper crafting?
1: So I do like to draw and paint a lot and I have like a huge collection of watercolors and gouache and markers.
0: <laughs> so I feel like a lot of our crafting community is familiar with watercolors because it hit big, uh, maybe about six, seven years ago, and it has stayed. It is a trend that lasts, which I'm so happy about because I love watercoloring. But I'm not sure if everyone out there is familiar with gouache. So can you explain the properties of that paint and how it's similar and different to watercolor?
1: So gouache is basically, let's put it in simple terms, it's something in between acrylics and watercolors. Some people call it an opaque watercolor, and in some terms it kind of is. So basically it's a very opaque paint and it's water soluble and you can reactivate it with water and it has a very nice and matte finish. So that's why it's very much loved by illustrators that want to photograph or scan their work. It's easy to
0: handle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I enjoy using gouache to add more opaque elements. Like if I was going to add something white to a watercolor painting, then I would want that more opaque quality to the gouache paint as opposed to Mm -hmm. watercolor. So it definitely can play well with watercolors, but you know, it's its own medium unto itself. And I actually don't have a full set of gouache paint and it's something I've been thinking about getting involved with because I feel like a lot of my techniques that I use with watercolor can carry over into painting with gouache.
1: I also really love the acrylic gouache, which is basically uh, acrylic-based. I guess, I don't know exactly why they call it acrylic gouache. For me, it looks like a very matte acrylic paint. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit more water-friendly, but once it dries, it stays in place. So if you want to paint a background, it won't reactivate with the layers you put on top of it. So it's really, really fun medium to work with.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, what type of things do you paint? So, of course, flowers, <laughs> like <laughs> Altenew.
1: I wouldn't love Altenew if I didn't love flowers, I guess. Um, <laughs> and I also do, like, little things, like uh, everyday items. Like, I used to have, like, a journal that I would sketch Little things from my daily life, like a cup of coffee or something that made me happy that day. So I really love sketching out the little things like a pair of socks I love or a mail that came or something
0: like that. Mm Have you ever scanned in your artwork to use, like on the fabric that you've designed or things like that? Or do you typically design in like Illustrator, Adobe Illustrator when you do fabrics?
1: So I do this and that. Uh, without new my first collection was watercolor, which I scanned and most of it was hand painted. And then the second collection was actually done in gouache. Mm-hmm. And then... I also do a lot of digital. So I do this and that. But usually when I just sketch for myself, I paint for myself, I wouldn't necessarily scan it in. But when I plan for a project and I decide, okay, I'm going to do this by hand, I just know mm-hmm. how to paint the elements. Because when you have to scan the artwork to create something, you usually take a slightly different approach. You want the elements to be a part so you can isolate them and layer them easily so the files are more editable when you find tune this mm. on the computer.
0: I've scanned some of my paintings before, and it is always aggravating to me when the texture of the watercolor paper comes through on the scan. Because I feel like the texture is so beautiful in person, but then when I try to scan it, I don't necessarily want all those little shadows in the texture coming through. So it always takes a lot of editing after the fact on the computer and Photoshop to try to eliminate some of that texture.
1: Well, so depending on what result I'm going for, I might just go for a hot press paper that is smoother Mm -hmm. to avoid these things, unless I intentionally want them in. Mm -hmm.
0: Now, in addition to... Painting and crafting and card making. Oh my gosh, you have so many crafty hobbies. Is there anything else that you enjoy doing on an average day? Obviously I like food because I talked about it. I love going out uh, to a restaurant.
1: I do love cooking and baking.
0: You do? What type of things do you
1: cook? I don't know. I like basically anything. Uh I'm recently am um, exciting about cooking vegetables in fun and interesting ways. Uh in mm. my home when I was growing up, we had like very standard menu. Not in a bad way, but like, you know, we weren't very experimental. But now with the internet and all the recipes that you see around and kind of trying more ethnic things that are more familiar in other countries. Uh And I just love experimenting. Most of the things I, most of the times I pick, uh, I'm good at selecting my recipes. Sometimes Uh it don't work great, but Mm -hmm. it's always fun.
0: Do you have any fun kitchen gadgets? Like, for me, I feel like a lot of our food preparation changed when we got air fryer, an air fryer, my husband and I. So we use it more than I had expected. Do you have anything like that? Any fun gadgets? So
1: I did get when we moved in, in our new apartment, I got a kitchen machine that has like all these weird accessories, like it has a food processor you can attach and has like a Uh, citrus squeezer and all these like it even has like a juicer and uh, grain mills and all these things it came like with a lot of accessories and I always wanted it and I wasn't sure but once I started using it I was so impressed with how Mm -hmm. much I didn't even expect to use it that much it's really insane.
0: That's great. Now, with the baking, I know we recently had a conversation, you, me, and Tazneem, who is the president of New, And we were talking about how if you bake something and you give it away, you could create a tag or a little embellishment to put on that item so that it'll make it more of a gift to whoever is receiving your baked goodies. Do you do that for like the holidays or for birthdays? So
1: I've done it a couple of times for holidays. And now, especially with the pandemic that we're not Mm. visiting as much as we want our loved ones. Uh, I'm planning, I mean, I've already got a couple of batches of cookies and my husband and sister really kind of like annihilated them. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) um, I'm just planning to like share them with some family members. And I still have some fun like uh, cookie boxes. Uh, like some decorative little boxes. And, you know, I might just put a tag on it as well with a personalized message. Mm-hmm. That's really lovely.
0: That's an amazing gift idea, especially now that we're approaching Christmas and some of the last minute gift givers out there might want some ideas for things that they can create for family members and friends. So I think just baking something, putting a little tag on it with a thoughtful message is. A wonderful gift and I feel like whoever receives it would really feel thankful that you thought of them and in such a nice way yeah
1: and actually I've seen around a couple of years ago I think it's still going that people gift a jar with let's say a cookie mix that they homemade cookie mix you know how they have in store like the cookie Mm -hmm. mix or cake mix but people do it as a gift like they put in a jar like the cookie mix and then you give it as a gift and they just add milk and eggs or whatever or like a hot chocolate mix or some kind of like baking mix, like a DIY kind of gift. And I thought mm-hmm. it's really adorable too, especially if you give it to someone that, you know, enjoys cooking
0: and baking. Yeah, that's an awesome gift. So
1: it's kind of like try my own recipe kind of thing.
0: I think it'd be great for children as well, especially, yeah. you know, school-age children who might want to get into... Cooking, but maybe don't have all of the skills of measuring ingredients yet. They can just dump everything from the jar into just a bowl. Add an egg. <laughs> yeah. Add some water and stir it, mix it up. You got some cookies. <laughs> That's wonderful. So, are there any fun Zinnia facts, something that people don't know about you or maybe would be interested to learn about you?
1: Uh, when I was younger, I wanted to be a photographer. So it kind of worked out in the end.
0: Mm-hmm, but definitely. In
1: between, when I finished high school, I got in physics uni and I attended for a couple of years until I decided that this is really not for me and I left and reapplied to Fine and Applied Arts. Mm-hmm.
0: I loved science in school and I feel like. Physics was one that I, I really enjoyed. Physics, and then I also took a genetics class, which I enjoyed. So
1: yeah, I really like loved all my science-y kind of lessons. I was never into like literature kind of classes. Mm-hmm. I was all like, math, science, chemistry. That that was my my favorite.
0: That was me too. Absolutely. Yeah, I loved math. I loved math so much yeah. that even once I hit my math requirements to graduate, I just kept taking more math classes. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Jen, you don't need to keep taking it. I was like, but I really want to take more calculus. <laughs> <laughs> so when other kids took their senior year and had like two study halls and all these, this extra time in their schedule, I gave up my lunch period to take up extra math classes. (laughs) And then I did an extra science class instead of a study hall. So I'm totally feeling you with that. (laughs) And one thing I've always been curious, and I can't believe I've never asked you before, but your name Zinnia is also the name of a flower. It is not spelled the same, but it is the same. How did you get the name Zinnia? Was it because of the flower or is it a common greek name that maybe i'm not familiar with
1: oh this is another funny story this you <laughs> you really you're really prepared here so actually zeni is not my birth name oh okay uh, my birth name is very difficult to pronounce and even like my my birth name is Ephrosini. and ooh i love short, it yeah actually it's one of the it's uh, ancient Greek from Greek mythology. And mm-hmm. it has its its roots there. And it means, it translates as mirth, basically. And usually the the short name for it is Frozo in Greek. But mm-hmm. even with that, most people, when I was going some trips in the UK, with some friends, most people wasn't, weren't pronouncing it properly. They were like Frozo or something like that. Mm-hmm. So Xenia grew out of a um, sort of... Uh, mispronunciation of my name from a professor back in middle school. And <sighs> I had a couple of friends back in school calling me that and it kind of stuck around. And when I started having an online presence, I just went with it because it was a more international kind of thing.
0: I love it. It That's so perfect. I can't, <laughs> I didn't even imagine. I thought maybe there was some story from like your parents giving you the mm-hmm. name about a flower, but yeah. I think I just turned it into something else in my head. I love that. And it
1: wasn't even like I didn't even connect it. That's why it's mistyped, I guess, because mm-hmm. when I wrote it, it came as it basically it is uh my teacher mispronounced mispronounced. He had a weird accent. He didn't really mispronounce mm-hmm. me. He called mm-hmm. me Frosinia instead of a Frozenia. Like he sounded weird. Oh yeah okay. so from yep. Frosinia. Like I initially started like that, but it got shorter and shorter. So that's why it ended up with one end instead of two ends as a mm-hmm. flower. It didn't come from the flower at all, but it was a very happy accident that it kind <laughs> of matched with the flower.
0: It does. And now you're on Altenew and you design flowers and you've painted flowers. It's all perfect. I love it so much. Well, I want to say thank you so much Zinnia for joining us on the podcast. I know that a lot of questions I asked, I already knew the answers to, but you definitely surprised me with a few of those. Mm-hmm. So I learned more about you and I know that our listeners definitely got to learn some about you as well. So it was really a fun chat we had today. Thank you for having me. Oh, of course. So I hope everyone has a wonderful crafty day and always remember to craft your life. Bye.